So I must say, um, is it a trend to put your action A-list stars in a fat suit now? What other movies have done it? I mean, Fat Thor is like setting a new trend, oh, yeah, I think. Fat Thor. <laughs> Thor's fat. Let's take all of our action heroes, make them fat, and go make an action comedy. Go. I mean, I mean, you know, fat is the easy way fat, to make right. laughs. It's kind of like when somebody hurt, falls and gets hurt. You know, you just automatically. <laughs> yep. Pain and suffering is comedy. <laughs> yeah. No, but he is. Um, he's the most agile fat person I've ever watched on Dude. screen. <laughs> he he does work in that fat suit, man. <laughs> like at least you know Thor has one fight scene in that suit but yeah. he, at least he's not flying around like. no, he's flying he, like he's throwing kicks he's like <laughs> jumping all, all on like obstacles yeah, and like, like going f- on roofs and doing splits like under tables yeah. and that guy is and then, <laughs> and there's just like one mention of like man i gotta lose some weight yeah he just goes back to i was thinking he like when he gets fat he would kind of lose his agility I, I, like logically, yeah. No, <laughs> like, just, I, he just goes ham, man. I thought that the gimmick is you get fat, and then that they would have played the action and comedy to him being fat. You know, like they would have utilized that. But he's just Donnie Yen fat. That's <laughs> he's just the same. No, he's just Donnie Yen in a fat suit. Exactly. <laughs> it's not it's, even like he put on weight. Let's imagine he's, he's fat. It's just he's all in a fat suit. <laughs> Anywho, we are getting past subtitles, so I'm Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And we are bringing you everything, action films, one last time. This is it, man, yep. this is it. Uh, before we jump in, though, I guess, what are some of the rankings with all the other films that we watched? Um, let's, let's backtrack. So far? Like, yeah. from top oh. number one to... Mm-hmm, to uh, this one. You need a refresher? No, I, <laughs> I want to hear you first. Um... I forgot my thought. Like, I thought about it, but I can't pull it up. I mean, we so did... there's Man from Nowhere. Man from Nowhere is one, and that's a high bar. So like Police that, Story. Which I would put right under... Good, uh, Bad, and Weird. That's the struggle. So a Fable. Oh, I'm just naming them. So yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. You can, um, you know... Fable is for sure under both Good, Bad, and the Weird and... Company Man. And Company Man, yeah. But... And then this one. But no, it's still a company. Oh, a company man. A company man is underneath the fable. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. listen. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just listing it so yeah, you yeah. can just. So I mean, Man from Nowhere is one, and then the Good, Bad, and the Weird, and Police Story. Struggle for second place. They kind of like are are here and there. Um, a fable, I would definitely put third. A company man fourth, and then this one I would put. Actually, a company man is definitely last. <laughs> <laughs> this one is above a company man. But uh, is it above or below Fable? <laughs> that is the question mm. as well. Uh I mean, in terms of like action, like specifically, I would put Man for Nowhere still is in first, and I would put Police story second, and then good, bad, weird third, and then I would put, I guess I would put this one fourth and the fable fifth, only because this one probably has more action than the fable, and then accompaniment is just staying at the bottom for sure. Um, but I think it's like like story and like just considering the films as a whole, it like. Good and bad and weird and police story are good in their own sense, you know, and it's hard to like put one above the other in the factors. Uh, kind of the same deal with the fable in this movie as well. Although maybe I think I liked the fable story better because I could comprehend it more compared to this movie. So maybe it beats better in fourth and fifth. Where do you put? Where's your list looking like? I think I think my list is a little bit more clear. Um, okay. I. I Definitely Man from Nowhere is number one. Gotcha. I think in terms of story, in terms of action, uh, in terms of cinematography, just technicality, I think it, for its, the tone of it mm. and everything, for its tone, the action works. For its story, it's clear and precise and concise and and it tells it pretty well. 
Mm-hmm. It's not too complicated. It also allows the action to kind of uh, be the highlight. Yeah. And and it has enough story elements to make it interesting and it's never never feels like it's dragging on too long or it never feels like, oh, it's just for the action. Right, right. Which I feel like makes a great movie in general. Mm-hmm. So you go in um, maybe expecting an action movie, but you also get to enjoy a pretty nice it's it's a simple story but it is still an enjoyable story yeah it's it's satisfactory yeah so, i think like like in the opposite way is that like everything works for the story yeah. and that's what makes it great you know like like i said it doesn't work just for the action mm-hmm. but it's for me it's like vice versa yeah and uh, i think it um Worked out the best in the way that I think the director kind of intended. Right, yeah. So I think that's number one. Number two, I would have to say Police Story. Yeah. Um, I think in the same in the same way, I think um, the intentions there were pretty well, like, delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, you know, it's an action comedy. You know, Jackie Chan's great at all that. His stunts are crazy. Um, the story's great. It's funny. And, and there's uh, so many moments, little moments that yeah. really kind of, you know, bring it up. Um, there's never a moment where I felt like it was dragging on too long. Maybe a, a little bit in certain areas, maybe like yeah. the court courtroom scene, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that was your criticism, not mine. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, when I listened to it, I, I, I could understand why it might kind of feel that way. Sure. But for me, it didn't. It wasn't that big of a, and even even if it was, I don't think it would be that big of a uh, sure. minus. Yeah. So, police story is second. Um, third, I would have to say, good, bad, and weird. Um, same thing. It's pretty good. The tone and the action matches together, and also mm-hmm. story is pretty interesting. But one thing that is kind of. Um, that brings it down a little bit is the pacing. It's a little slow at the end yeah, or it sure. kind of, and there's a little, there's moments where it kind of doesn't really make sense or like kind of feels kind of just kind of put, yeah, like mashed together. Gotcha. So I would kind of lower it a little bit for that. But this action good story is pretty engaging. Well, the characters are great, first of all. And I think the dynamic between the three characters, the three main characters are great. Um, there's a good interplay there. Um, so I think that would be third. And then fourth, I would have to say um, Fable. Um, I, think, I think when I'm comparing, I think the same as you, uh, I would compare it with the fable or the uh, enter the fat dragon Mm. and the only reason why i feel like the enter the fat dragon um is a little bit lower in terms of the of the list is just because there's a lot of moments where i feel like it just kind of is just there (laughs) it doesn't feel very um meaningful for the story in a certain sense or like it just feels convoluted or it just feels kind of um like dead weight in a certain sense and the pacing kind of gets ruined and like there's like weird characters that just kind of are there for no reason it kind of feels like or like they don't have a big impact in it Mm -hmm. and a lot of the story beats and the character development is pretty weak Mm -hmm. whereas i feel like the fable it's not like the fable has a better character development, but it's more concise. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely more, it's more streamlined. And I think the story um, benefits from that. And it, it's more kind of simpler in that sense. And the action's still there. It's, in terms of action, I would put Enter the Fat Dragon as higher, like you said. Yeah. But I think overall, as a story, I would enjoy just watching. Um, the fable more right, so right. I'll, I'll put that fourth and then fifth obviously into the fat dragon because I was comparing those two and then last um, what six Lee yeah. <laughs> whatever shall it Company be man, uh, <laughs> why isn't that better than just, man from just nowhere just listen why? to my podcast man, before <laughs> and you'll know why <laughs> I mean I, I honestly I don't hate the movie it's just if I were to rate it like this I would just put it last just because it was just that that just la- that big scene, fighting scene, just kind of ruined it for me. And so, right, yeah. Now, if now if that there was no last scene, do you think it would have ranked a little higher? Than- well, it would you you would need to be replaced by something else, right? right? Mm. And it, depending on how that was, 
but even even just as a story i don't know i think it was kind of weak in a lot of points a lot of moments like i talked about kind of like the characters and side characters kind of um playing into it and just i feel like if they really really dived into it a little bit more and kind of sunk their teeth into just the company and like what they do a little more and like how that kind of plays into the society as a whole Mm -hmm. it might have kind of intrigued me a lot more yeah but they kind of you know skirt past it a little bit <laughs> and they go more into the story of just him and, and his the relationship with the yeah, woman yeah. and the revenge and stuff like that so it kind of falls behind in that I think yeah just needed a little more of a push that movie like yeah I mean it, overall I think the concept and everything isn't bad but just wasn't really kind of missed the mark in the execution I think mm. yeah like I said like that movie definitely had a lot of poten- potential it just definitely needed a a little, uh, quite a bit more time spent on it, mm. if you will, before shooting or while shooting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so pretty much like the same list, just I guess you're more defined in yeah. these go here. Right. Like, yeah. Four and five kind of flipped, but. Right, right. But, I, but for a different reason. I understand your reason. Mm-hmm. No, you will know my reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to this movie. So, number five. <laughs> yes. Well, you guys know where we... Uh, People are like, all right, check it out of that yeah, podcast. We're done. <laughs> it's not entertaining enough. It's not three or above. We should have done this last, if not should. first. <laughs> we said to Barbara. We're learning, we're learning. <laughs> if you want to share, talk a lot of crap about this movie, stick around. <laughs> stick around. Uh, no, I mean, it wasn't that this movie was, like, bad or terrible. It's just, yeah. I think, like, similar to The Company Men is, is if you... Really, it's entertainment value, and if you rank it against with all the other movies we've seen, it yeah. just it just doesn't place well. Um, so yeah, so Enter the Fat Dragon is a stars Donnie Yen. Actually, just beat COVID. Came out in uh, January, like I think like latest January. Um, and it's actually directed by a Japanese guy named Kenji uh, Tanigaki, um, which is kind of interesting. Which is like makes me think like. I thought, okay, maybe they, they shoot in Japan, like, kind of on location. But no, they built that entire set, like, from the ground up. Yeah, I saw the uh, outtakes of it, and yeah. they just built the whole thing. Which is, one, super impressive, because I was really detailed. But then, two, why bring a Japanese director on board? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I heard that, like, I, I don't know, the the guy who played Thor, um, I think, like, one something, he, he, I think, had a bit, he's a writer for it, for one. He's a writer for this movie, but you might have had a, a take on directing as well. Um, but it seemed like there was a lot of moving hands on this production, yeah. as I was kind of reading. Um, so yeah, so Kenji Tanigaki is actually a more of a stunt coordinator and action director than actually a regular director. Um, he actually did work for Roni Kenshin. Mm. I think all the Roni Kenshin, he was wow. the stunt for there, which you could kind of see as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's like a lot of references to Bruce Lee in this movie, um, as well as Donnie Yen's career. Um, they kind of like did little spoofs from S. Was it uh, SPL? SPL. Of, yeah. Oh. Did you see any of Donnie Yen's movies? Yeah, I have. Like Iman. Yeah, yeah, Iman. But like they took like footage from his other movies, mm. which just like reshot it and like goofed it off. Like when he's <laughs> that backflash or flashback. Backflash. <laughs> Yo, my English is so bad on this podcast. <laughs> Hospital truck. <laughs> I still laugh every time. Hospital truck. Hospital truck. <laughs> when he's like in the alleyway and he takes up the baton and it falls out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a spoof from like oh. his, his like another movie that he did. Oh, Flashpoint? Um, SPL. I oh, think. SPL. Yeah. That's from SPL. Yeah. Um, and another little fact is so there's another movie called Enter the Fat Dragon that came out in 1979, uh, which was directed by uh, Sammo Hung. Yeah. Um, and but they're like saying that this isn't like anything related to that movie. Yeah. It's just kind of like stole the name and basically kind of redid the premise a little bit mm. without saying they have any credit towards it. But Sammo Hung was, I think originally credited to play Thor's character. Oh. Um, but then... So that would have been kind of like an homage kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess the, the writer or whatever decided to take it over. Yeah. Uh, at the, in the end, obviously. And, you know, Samo, Samo is huge, huge. In, in China too, so... Mm-hmm. 
Which is like, why didn't you do it? I'm kind of curious. Well, you probably had other reasons. Maybe. Like other, you know, saw obligations. <laughs> so like what the movie was actually going to be is like, nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. No, my cup he of probably tea. doesn't need a fat suit. <laughs> exactly. What do you think? Thor had a fat suit? No. Um, so yeah, this, um, this was, whose pick was this? This is my pick. This is your pick. This is my pick. Yeah. And it's also the most recent. And the most newest. Yeah. So pretty much uh, Enter the Fat Dragon is uh, Donnie Yen plays a character named Fallon Zhu. Yeah. And he's like this like super popular cop essentially um, in Hong Kong. And he... Infamous. <laughs> infamous. He's kind of like the celebrity of cops, you know, that, that sort of trope. But he's more like a troublemaker though, right? Um, kind of. More like, I guess he's like just one of those things where he's like so dedicated and good at his job, they just wrecks havoc. He's basically Superman that destroys everything yeah. to get to the criminal kind of thing. <laughs> he's like the, it's like the Avengers in Civil War. Yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. like, thanks for saving us, but hello, yeah. New York. <laughs> hello. Um, so yeah, so like he, he's, um, he's, uh, blah, what's that word? <laughs> so bad. His fiance is this, um, Chinese actress, or she's trying to be an actress anyway. Her name's Chloe Song, and they're about to get married. And then, pretty much after, like, why he's getting married, they're like supposed to take photos, and then these thugs uh, try to rob the photo place, no, like the marriage, the bank. the bank. Is that where he was? The bank. He was at the bank trying to um, get money or something like that from uh, the bank. Oh, but then there was, the robbers came, and then they. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was like at the location early that's what no I no no she was at the location oh. he was trying to get there but then he had to make a stop there at the bank i guess for money sure and then <laughs> and then problems ensue yeah as we say <laughs> and so then he becomes like super cop and takes it down and then he almost kills a supervisor kind of and then he gets fired essentially yeah and then he gets into argument with his fiance well, he misses the photo shoot and she's like wow. why can't you just leave it alone and you know let the cops handle it and you just take a break for once why can't i be the celebrity for once um and so they kind of they end up splitting up after she breaks her arm i guess (laughs) and then like flash forward to i don't know what like years i guess months maybe i think it was six months six months until you got fat (laughs) until you got it's a a hefty six months sir So he gets like transitioned to um, evidence room and then he just becomes fat and lazy and, and sad. And then he gets a gig from one of his former employees or former coworkers. It's like, hey, there's I this- think the former coworker got promoted and he became mm. the higher gotcha. guy. And now he's kind of working under him technically. And he's like, oh, I can get you back to, you know. Yeah. To like a detective. Or whatever. Yeah. Just got to do this case. Yeah. And go to uh, Tokyo. Tokyo. Or so yeah, like um, he has to basically has to track down this guy who's like, does he have like a criminal record like in both countries, like in Tokyo and like he tried yeah, to flee like some weird porn director or something. Like uh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they were trying to extra- extradite him back to uh, Japan, mm-hmm. and so he needed to escort him. God, yeah, yeah. Um, but like he suffers from like. Uh, like a brain hemorrhage or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like he's he's kind of nutty essentially. Yeah. So they're kind of like babysitting him, and then you find out that once he gets to Japan, like um, the yakuza basically are like bankrolling the police, and then there's like this whole scheme to get the guy back because he has evidence of like the drug, some kind of cocaine deal. Yeah. Some like in the market, fish market or something. Fish market. Um, and then he basically becomes a super cop again in Tokyo and tries to take problems into his own hands yeah. and then gets the girl at the end. La la la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gets the girl back. <laughs> gets the girl back. Um, oh, but why is the girl there? That's another question. Yeah. Um, she pretty much just gets a gig hired from by the, the Yakuza. Yakuza yeah. <laughs> from the Yakuza to be like, I guess like a celebrity ambassador kind of thing. Yeah, like the grandpa likes her and she he watches her movies and oh. she he laughs at her like scenes. Yeah. And so she, he wanted her to be the sponsor, like, you know, like the um, spokesperson or like the representative or whatever for the face of the, the, the fake or company <laughs> that, or whatever that they have. The Yakuza market, the fish market. <laughs> the front. Yeah. The front. And so, yeah, they bring him, bring her along. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, and then while he's doing that, he um, he is accompanied by this guy named Thor, who's like that his former his like new supervisor or whatever his former co-worker's like friend from Tokyo apparently yeah. and he kind of like hooks him up with uh, what's going on and supposed to help him with the investigation um, and things like that and he kind of um, Fallon gets mixed into like Thor's romance and marriage yeah. and, and things like that so yeah I mean what is some of your first impressions with this movie uh, <laughs> um, let's see from action point of view I think I mean, Donnie Yen's great True, at yeah. what he does. And, you know, like all the action scenes, I mean, they're crazy and they're mm-hmm. flashy and, and they're they're fun to watch. They're good. Yeah. They're really good. Like, I, I enjoyed, like, that scene where they're fighting in the in the streets of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that area where, you know, um, Thor makes chestnuts and like you know the aunt whatever she has her own little restaurant Mm. and and then the yakuza come and like they're fighting and he like goes up the uh, pole and he goes up the buildings and like he like goes up the roof Mm. and like they're like throwing stuff at him he's like dodging and like and and all those like acrobatic movements i think are really cool to watch and see i also enjoyed like the fighting scenes especially the last fighting scene i enjoyed where he's fighting with um the main yakuza guy yeah the son of, or the the grandson of the grandfather yeah. and um he's using nunchucks mm-hmm. and he's pretty much being um bruce lee right? <laughs> and then the other guy's using size and then yeah. they're fighting each other i like that moment a lot of moments you can kind of trace back to Bruce Lee and, and you can see the the link, the con- connections there. So it's fun kind of, you know, picking those things apart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So from an action point of view, I, I liked a lot of it. Um, I mean, you know, the crazy thing about action movies, I feel like a lot of action movies, it's hard to go wrong with the action movies. Like, because like yeah. the people that, that, work on action movies they they're so dedicated and they put so much effort in it most action movies don't aren't bad in the action department like there's rarely any movies i feel like sure. that are like action movies that i've seen where that were just like man this action sucks you know I mean? <laughs> yeah because like so many people who do action movies they're so dedicated to what they do and they're so passionate about what they do. And a lot of times, it's not the action that's the problem. <laughs> it's all the other other stuff that kind of, you know. Once it gets passed along. After right, right, right. Guy. It's all the leftovers that, you know. Well, well, some movies, they perceive it's just the action, right? Yeah. And they don't really care too much about the story. It's just the vehicle for the action. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so from if, you know, from that point of view, I think... The story definitely is the weak point, the weak link of the movie. Sure. Um, yeah, that's my first impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the story is, um, eh. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's simple. Uh, but it's also kind of like convoluted. Yeah. Like, it's just like, why is it there? Like, some some things, or sure. some, certain moments, where like, you know, some things feel a little too coincidental. Right. Like, oh, I happen to be on the same airplane <laughs> as you. Uh, I mean, it's very, I mean, it's like, it's all like perfectly blockbuster-ish. Yeah. In, in the way that it's, you know, just like plays phoniness and like movie, you know, like movie-esque qualities. Yeah. Like to the max. And then that's like its biggest downfall, per se. Yeah. I mean, like, even, like, the first fight scene when he's taking down the thugs, he's, like, when he gets to me, he's, like, running, and then it's, like, the bus is, like, or the van is driving through the road, and he basically flies on top of the roof of the truck. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he cleared that height, but apparently he did it. And then there's just, like, you know, the action that's in there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the action moments are great. Like, even, like, the little comedy bits that they do with the action, like... The news guys. Yeah, the news guys. I love that part where, like... Gotta one, keep going. one car comes and like they're doing the news thing and they give them stuff to fight with because they need to make it longer and the other guy comes yeah. and then they're like both competing news, <laughs> news, news outlets and like they're trying to like you know outdo each other stuff like that are good you know straight goofiness yeah and then yeah I mean I guess it's like in the parts that 
it's supposed to be like a bit more serious, like as far as the story goes, you know, like the meat of the story is um, the police sort of investigation of I got to track down this uh, this guy who apparently has ties to the Yakuza and then the yeah. Yakuza needs to get this guy back and then they interrogate him and kill him. And then now Fallon is like, oh, what do I do? I can't go back home. I have to solve the case. Yeah. And it's just like the streamlined story just doesn't really, I guess, flow well or yeah. really doesn't just nail too good. I think uh, one of the reasons why I feel this way is also because we watch Police Story, right? And this is kind of, it has a sure. kind of parallel there, I feel like. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of inspirations maybe from, um, you know, Jackie's movies as well, just because mm. um, they're very similar. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's comedy action and there's similar kind of mm. nuance and kind of... Um, Donnie ensures that um, his qualities a little bit. Yeah, as the well. character so. also is kind of like that as well. Yeah. And you know, especially police story, um, a lot of the moments and the way that they use action and comedy together to kind of blend it together mm-hmm. is there. Um, but for some, I think the story of the police story is more. Sure. Yeah. Is better mm-hmm. objectively than than. Um, into the fat dragon because mm-hmm. there are a lot of moments in into the fat dragon where you're kind of at a lull where yeah. you're just like like i'll give you an example like the moment where like um donnie Yen's character um fallon mm-hmm. you know, like beat up all these guys and then and then thor's there and the, and then the aunt's there yeah. and then they're just like on the, in on the street and like they're like talking and then like they're like starting to talk about their like relationship oh yeah, yeah. and then and then and, and then fallon like gets in the in into it and then he tries to like you know be the mediator of the of the relationship and like talk to talk to them and be like hey why don't you you know make up inspiration speech and like you're just like why is this like there like it's just, <laughs> it's just a very weird kind of moment in, right. in the middle of something going on and like i guess you can kind of tie it back to like their like uh, Fallon's kind of relationship with his own uh, his yeah, own yeah. wife, but well, I think like that that scene is there just to push that part of yeah. it, you know. But I, I but see what you mean. It doesn't feel like it feels kind of like forced, sure. right? And it feels kind of like oh, now we need to do this part, so let's do this part, kind of thing. Right, right. and. It kind of kills the pacing of, of the film, I feel like. Mm. So stuff like that um, definitely, I think, are the weak points of the, of the film. Yeah, yeah. even like um, you kind of mentioned before, too, the like the translator and the like the investigator, like they do just pop out of nowhere yeah. a lot of times. Um, really, mostly like every time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they're there in the beginning, right, when he first goes, lands in Japan. Um, but then, like after that initial scene, like once they leave the the police department, mm-hmm. they're they're kind of like not with them anymore, and they just pop up when needed yeah. be, just kind of randomly. Yeah, like they get into a fight with some of the yakuza, and then when the, once the police comes, they're there, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and it is it does feel a little random, and it doesn't feel I don't know like fulfilled in a they way. They feel like throwaway characters. Yeah, where, like the the writer was like. So how new? How, yeah, like we're like, how do we make this scene work so that the guy from China, like the mm-hmm. um, Fallon's, you know, boss or whatever, can yep. come to Tokyo to help support him at the very end? Yeah. And so they're like, oh, Maggie, helicopter, <laughs> you know. So let, oh, let's yeah. put that in in the beginning so that later on Pay she off. can have the helicopter and come yeah. come through. So it just feels very like. Like uh, contrived, you know. It just kind of feels like okay, so let's just, you know, do this to get to here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just kind of feels not organic yeah. and very mechanical in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in in police story, all the characters are kind of like lived in. Like they're 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 even without the yeah. main character. Like let's say the story, you know, was a different story. They would still kind of makes sense in that story mm. um yeah i think uh I, to like um rather than being kind of going back to the series no like the movie tries really hard to be a comedy and like yeah. every beat and sense but also like too like all the side characters I, th- I think they feel like 
they ex- we expected too much of them, you know, yeah, like, like they try to give them too much backstory or too much of a story than they need it to be. Yeah, served. like they could be anybody. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Like you could replace that person with somebody else and it would still make sense, like the story, right? right. Like, whereas in police story, like you can't really get rid of the girlfriend because that's his girlfriend or like sure. there's certain characters there that it's just kind of like part of the story mm-hmm. incorporated better. I feel like yeah. where it feels more like a real kind of moment or like mm-hmm. a story. Whereas here, it's just like Maggie, like it can really be anybody. Like we're like the the inspector, police, like Tokyo inspector. He he's kind of like he can be anybody too. Like it's not right. he's not really that important. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can not even be there, and like it'll still work, you know. Right. And like. That those kind of things, I feel like, kind of make it a weaker kind of mm-hmm. character building development kind of. Yeah, if you can spot like the extra mesh in a movie, then it's never a good sign. Yeah, you know, because then it, it just doesn't. It feels throwaway and needless, yeah. and it just feels like baggage at the end of the day. I think on top of that too, like those characters weren't really, I guess, enjoyable either. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't. They didn't feel. Um, like they had a, a significant place or like that impact. I, I or impact. Yeah. Or like I really enjoyed watching them on screen yeah. um, when they were on screen, you know, yeah. and that that also has there's its I will like Maggie is a very quirky, like weird character, but maybe too quirky and weird, yeah. you know, and it's just like eh. it just feels like whenever the side characters are there, there's so many of them. Yeah. And, and you're like dividing your attention to each person and trying mm-hmm. to figure out why they're there or like how they're important. Yeah. And, like, you're dividing your investment in all of these little characters that, like, yep. they kind of fade away into, like, meaninglessness, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, you have the, grand, the grandfather Yakuza, you have the grandson Yakuza, you have... The you Yakuza? Have, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have um, Thor, you have the aunt, you have the, the little kid. Yeah, which is like, like... There's so many characters where... It, they're not that important. You have Maggie. Mm. See, I, I, I even forgot. You have the, the inspector. The inspector. You have the police. You have the police chief from from uh, China, Hong from Hong Kong. Like, there's so many characters that just kind of like fall to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe you could have just consolidated like the aunt into <laughs> the aunt, the kid, and Thor into one <laughs> character. Maybe you know. Sure. Like I mean, like I understand like that whole family drama. I, yeah, like, I understand it too. too. But like again, like that part wasn't developed well enough yeah. to, for me to care. I guess you could say, yeah. or like developed good to be entertaining as yeah. well, or just like you know, again, like I don't know, like you're supposed to understand that Thor and his his wife, which I think she has a name, is it oh, yeah. Charisma? I think it's Charisma. Yeah, it is Charisma. So yeah, like Thor and Charisma are like they're they're married but they're separate, um, and they kind of like live the basic like separated life. And, yeah, I understand why they put it in there too. Like yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be the foil for for you know Fallon and kind of seeing oh, through their relationship like how yeah, yeah. he needs to you know repair his own relationship. Mm-hmm. I kind of get that, but like it's not well, it's not good it's, yeah, it's not done in a way that kind of facilitates mm-hmm. that really well. Because like he like Thor tries to balance the the roles of of that like his personal life yeah. as well as like his sidekick yeah. for like the action parts and for like the investigation and it's it struggles to balance those two things mm. you know like i feel like he served definitely better as a sidekick role rather than like the mediator for yeah. hey you gotta fix your love life bro so yeah. and that kid i don't even know why that kid was even in there <laughs> he just started to give the, the phone to the guy at the end you know? there to like, do, like, i fixed it <laughs> I did he's a co- the, he's the phone fixer. You know? I did a couple cool kicks. Yeah, and then I mean, like, he was pretty good actually. Yeah, like like the thing is like, oh, he's kind of a badass child. It would have been even cooler, it. I think, if he was a sidekick for right, for Fallon, right. right? Like I don't know, yeah. little things kind of just feel kind of weak in that in that sense. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what do you think the sort of intention of the movie was? Just to be like a very broad audience kind of film? Yeah, I think like so. A- just like kind of like police story mm. a broad audience broad you know action comedy kind of go in with the with the family have fun enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy it so i mean yeah i'm not expecting something like crazy deep from it or <laughs> anything like that but i do feel like you know things can kind of be 
a little more concise or like you know sure. straightforward. Mm-hmm. I think it's better for movies like this, where it's for the general broad audience to just be more straightforward. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like simpler. Simpler. Yeah. yeah. Simpler. Yeah. Like I mean, the movie looks good too, though. Yeah, it looks That's great. Something. It's very colorful. Shots are really nice, mm-hmm. and like, it's a Donnie Yen movie. Like the action is super, superb. You know, mm-hmm. like they definitely did their fair share. Yeah, and doing they fight it. in like pretty cool like set pieces. Yeah, I mean like Tokyo set piece is amazing, and like yeah. that's my favorite. The the rooftop fighting, the Eiffel Tower kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like the rooftop fights in Tokyo were my favorite as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. just because like they utilize like the entirety of that set. Yeah, like you know, and the Tokyo was pretty cool. Although it's funny how like um. That that last the Japanese guy like the yakuza yeah. new boss, like it's like a final boss phases like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they initially fight him in the restaurant and then he like gets knocked out in the glass yeah. and then it's like nope we gotta use weapons now. It was actually reminiscent <laughs> of um, Rush Hour Three mm. for me because they fight in in the Eiffel Tower in uh, Rush yeah. Hour Three in, in France. Yeah, and I was kind of reminded of that where they fight at in the top of the Eiffel Tower outside. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he's about to fall and stuff like that. It's kind of reminded me of that. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah. Is that the one where they jumped into, like, the pond? Yeah, like, they fly down. Yeah, yeah. And into the pond. <laughs> yeah. I take left, you take right. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, it did work in the act. Like, that final fight scene was was really good as well. Yeah. Um, like choreographers and everything. Yeah, even fun the, to watch. Even the use of his girl, like Chloe, was really Dude, cool as well. You know what I realized? The way that Chinese people treat their women, <laughs> and, the, and the way that Korean people treat their women, the way that Chinese people treat their women, you can see a clear difference. Uh, I, well, dude, props to Chinese women, man. <laughs> Yo, they're like they're strong, bro. I'll do those stunts. No, I don't need a stunt for Yo, like when they kicked her off the roof in the beginning, <laughs> and she just fell on the mat. You just fell. <laughs> It's like so random, dude. I was like, Chinese women get beat. In yeah, that, movies, man. that's that's a country with pure equality. <laughs> like Korean movies, you never see, or like Japanese movies, you never see nah. a female in that role. I feel like, mm-hmm. or like, well, unless they're spe- unless the movie is specifically for that kind of film. Yeah, yeah. But like, never see, in that capacity. Like yeah, Chinese you don't movies. see just women like getting beat or like. Getting punched like the Yakuza guy just like punches oh, her, yeah, yeah, and kicks her. That looked like it hurt. You just like, Ew, dude. There's moments where like, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no feminine it. like, you know. I thought like honestly, like watching this movie, there were times when I expected Chloe to just like whip out martial arts like there was no tomorrow at some dude. points. Like yeah, like on that part when she gets beat by the yakuza guy, I felt like she was faking it. It was just gonna go at him. Yeah, man. But like, cause they give that vibe. Like they take those stunts and they fight back yeah. too. So it's very fun. It's interesting to see just how they treat them <laughs> in <laughs> different countries. <laughs> like, like kind of icon. I think mm-hmm. you know, you have an idea of like. Even like Chinese women, they do like kung fu and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like in, in like in like films, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you have that idea. Yeah. Of that, like they they can fight as well, <laughs> whereas in like Korean films or like Japanese films or women in general, you don't you don't necessarily, you know, yeah. think that way. Where like they're just not know, fighters. They, they don't <laughs> fight, you know. But it's a very Chinese thing for like women to also fight together yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just so funny. Tough. It was a funny thing that I was just kind of like looking at and like comparing and like kind of you know realizing. That could be a series, just a tough women series. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good series. That would be maybe a fun fun series. Oh, police story just always gets me, man. Like she took some she crazy took stuff, beatings, man. man. That table was just like <laughs> slow mo kicked into the glass. And you know, like that's not like it's like in all of these action movies, like all these yeah. Chinese action movies, women also get like do these stunts and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. you know, props to them. Yeah, <laughs> they do more than American male actors. Oh shoot! <laughs> oh, pop, pop, pop! <laughs> well, what a uh, what um what pads? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so overall, um. I don't know. It's an okay 
averageish movie. Mm. I guess I'm more there for the action than anything else, you know. Yeah. Uh, the story is eh. The acting is eh. <laughs> like I've seen Donnie and act so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, but like, I yeah. I also, like I think it's also the expectations, right? Yeah. Like comedy dramas, you don't really expect it's the same loose. kind of acting, I guess. Mm. But he's very like smiley in this movie, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's yeah. very like. It's a very much Jackie Chan reminiscent kind of thing. But I feel like it kind of feels like they're trying to do that. And too much. Yeah, trying a little too hard for that, you know. Even like the use of props, like there's props in almost every fight scene within yeah. your... I feel like, it, it, I don't know. I, I It's not that Donnie and my cop is copying those things, but right. but I do feel like... Jackie Chan just pulls it off better. Like right. even even his his comedic acting mm-hmm. is much more. I feel like it's more suited. Yeah. Um. Then yeah. This movie. Um. Guess that's like pretty much everything. Oh, what did you think of the language thing? Yeah, that's another interesting thing about <laughs> this movie was just the amount of like change and like how fast they change from language to language yeah and like at any moment they're just speaking a different language and you're just like what's okay. going on <laughs> what the, okay and i think that also contributes to kind of like the confusion and the kind of sure. craziness of the movie as well mm-hmm. and you're just kind of wondering sometimes why they're using this language exactly like, like, I, like if there's a reason yeah i don't understand why they use they faulted to english yeah. like like i mentioned before like so Don, like Fallon is Chinese, obviously, and um, so is like the chief. And then he goes to Japan for the case. So obviously, everybody in Japan speaks Japanese. So like his main like person of contact was the investigator initially, um, and he speaks Japanese. And then they have he's accompanied by a translator who speaks Japanese and Chinese, but also English. So instead of like Fallon speaking Chinese to the translator and then translating that Chinese to Japanese, they talk in English like. Together, you know, just yeah. kind of randomly. Uh, yeah, I don't think English was necessary in this movie. I don't think so either. at all. Maybe like the only thing I can think of is comedy factor. Still, yeah, I think because the ways that they use it sort of emphasizes more of a like my I, what I'm what I'm guessing is like I understand like like mixed English Chinese yeah. mm-hmm. where like like people are like speaking. Like English words because mm-hmm. they're kind of it's like it's like when Korean Americans use like Korean and English like together simultaneously. Right, right. I I can understand that, but like just like characters like the the younger Yakuza, he's just straight up speaking English the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't English even speak Japanese. Like I'm, yeah. and you're just like, what? why? <laughs> what? You're in Japan. You're like, there's no one else who speaks like English. Yeah. Like, they expect Fallon to speak English, like, even though he's Chinese, yeah. you know? Like, and, like, I understand, like, that character, like, Donnie can speak English. <laughs> and and right. even Chloe speaks a little bit of English. And all they these. all have English names. Well, like, Fallon honestly, and I'm not Chloe. Sure. They, they might actually know English very well, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I just don't understand for the, for the context of the story yeah, right. why they're speaking it, mm. you know? Where it's like, you do you automatically expect them to know English? Like... <laughs> Like that 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 younger Yakuza, like, how does he know that Donnie speaks English? You know, <laughs> right? And he just speaks English to him. It's just like weird. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like the universal default language for foreigners. <laughs> but I do feel like Hong Kong, maybe because of the influence of of like yeah, like Western uh, yeah, kind of. Western British culture, they might also have you know yeah. influences of you know English in in it in their culture. But it's just weird. Maybe it's different for like Hong Kong or Chinese viewers. I don't know, but for an American viewer, it's just kind of <laughs> weird. Us watching it, it is definitely yeah. It is a little bit of oddness. I mean, it wasn't bad per se. It was just interesting to watch because hmm. I was just trying to figure out like when they're speaking Chinese, when they're speaking <laughs> Japanese, yeah. when they're speaking English. But it, it doesn't necessarily contribute to the story, though. You know. Hmm. That's why I was confused because they have a translator, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And like, like she's basically useless. Then you know. <laughs> yeah. Even like the uh, Thor's wife, Charisma. Yeah. Like she was speaking solid Japanese. Oh, like w- so when the Yakuza 
came to the restaurant and he, no, she, she likes it. Like that was kind of solid Japanese, and I was completely brought that like she was Japanese. She's Chinese, but she's Chinese. Yeah, yeah. and then when she was Both like Chinese too. Right, right, and yeah. which I understood, yeah. but it was like I got lost in like charisma for a minute. The, the little kids Chinese too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> not Japanese. They're not Japanese at all. But like they're yelling at each other, and then he's yelling at her in Japanese, and then she's yelling at him in, in Chinese. Chinese. And I, when I was going back for notes, I I didn't realize my first watch through that she was yelling at him in Chinese. Like mm. I thought they were still speaking Japanese. Japanese yeah. And I was like, oh wait, okay, that's I guess makes so it, sense. Yeah, like like I said, it's a weird, confusing mix of these languages, and mm. you're just kind of wondering why they're speaking so many different like languages, mixes of, mixes of it. It's just right. like. Are they just speaking the languages that they feel <laughs> like they want to speak at that moment? Like, is it scripted or is yeah. it like... And everybody understands each other somehow. Yeah. It was just a very weird kind of thing that I've never seen in any other movie. Honestly, I've never seen... Yeah, not to that extent. Just, just, just this kind of like constant mix of languages and you're not even sure why they're doing it, mm. you know? Yeah, I don't know. There's like no American insight for them to speak English. Yeah. Like, I mean, in this movie, Maggie isn't American. She's something. We don't even know what she is. Yeah, she's she's Chinese who moved to, moved to Japan to study there. I think. Maybe. She did say it was a part time gig. Yeah. She did say that. Well, she did say she was like a. She went to some university in Tokyo or something. Mm, could be. Uh, but yeah, so. Eh, it's an alright movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Any favorite scenes or final notes? I like the nunchuck scene. And also, I nunchuck. talked about the rooftops. And they're like throwing bottles at him and stuff. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> when he's yeah, like, he's like, like dodging <laughs> stuff, he's like sliding everywhere yeah. and like. Yo, when he like jumped to the roof and he slid on the thing and he drop kicked yeah. the guy and he just like fell three stories yeah. to the ground, that hurt. Everything that that looked like it hurt. So not stunts you can fake, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Chinese action movies are the most stunt like oriented. Yeah, like it feel like viscerally like you're just like damn. Yeah, you feel it. They planned that one hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the angle, how they're gonna <laughs> fall. Like they hit something and then they fall and like. And they just go ugh. for it. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah, I I like the, the rooftop scene was fun. I like the, I mean, the, the Alpha Tower scene was fun. And I like the uh, the rooftop scene. Comedy-wise, I don't really know if I have a favorite, to be honest. I think my favorite was uh, the car, the van and the and the media oh, cars. Yeah. Chasing. <laughs> what? We got an extension? <laughs> he just pulled out a hammer. Yeah. They were like banana broadcasts and like tomato broadcasts, yeah. like the most random names ever. And also the fat suit thing. I'm just kind of like, did he need to be fat? Again, and like, was it, there a reason just, for that? Like, it's just kind of. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was only there for um, like a look. Yeah, it was just a look. Yeah, it, it doesn't. There's no like heavy emphasis on the fact that he was fat or like exactly. or like they the, didn't take it any advantage. Yeah, it doesn't like provide a hindrance to his, you know, ability to fight or anything like that. Right. It was just like once the beginning part of like oh like he got fat because he was working at the evidence room and just eating a bunch of crap. Mm. Once he's out there and just. Just kicking ass, you know, like <laughs> there's what fat suit? You don't even see the fat suit anymore. He's just, he's just killing people, you know. He's beating people up. Just pure comedy. Like every time they mention him being fat, it was just for a joke or something. Yeah, and that kind of is weird, and I, I like those things kind of take me out too. <laughs> Why do you see that fat bastard? It's like I like fat people. Toothpick. Yeah, we kind of like toothpick. Yeah. Most agile fat guy ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have anything else to more add. So we can move on to the most important question, Lee. What is that? What is next? What is next? What is next? Yeah, I guess that concludes our uh, action. <laughs> you felt like this was action a really series. long one, huh? It felt long. Yeah, it did feel really long. But I think I enjoyed a lot of the movies, most yeah. of the movies. 
These are really solid ones. Yeah. These are really solid ones. And I've watched a few new ones, which were mm. pretty cool. But like I said, you can't really go wrong with action movies. Yeah. It's um, hard. Yeah. Unless you just don't like action movies. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're one of those people that hate Marvel movies now. <laughs> like, yeah. But also, like, if you watch too many action movies, I think you could also kind of get, like, um, used to it. Sure. You're just like, oh, another one go. of these, you know? <laughs> another one. Another of one. These. Ugh. So, Fine. Fine. You need a healthy balance, I think. <laughs> well, we are going to take a left turn from action. Yeah. Ready to cry your balls out. Just I know, are they, cry your eyes. Are these crying movies? <laughs> I think generally they they lean towards like yeah it does touch a certain part of you I think <laughs> this sounds so like bad out of context why touch the part of you hey. cry boss. I don't know what you're thinking bro you gotta get your mind out of the gutter <laughs> <laughs> um the next series our next theme is family dramas yes family dramas. Um, this was an interesting one because it's such a niche genre that, uh, it's kind of interesting to find like specifically yeah. and then what constitutes a family drama as well, you know? Um, but yeah, like mostly they're kind of two jerker movies. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them tend to be that. Or I think a lot of the people want it to be that <laughs> when they make it. <laughs> I wanted to get right here, right here. Yeah, I mean, it's very deeply personal, right? Family is yeah, something, yeah. you know, is very personal with a lot of people. And I think it resonates with a lot of people mm-hmm. a lot of times when they watch it. So and everybody's like, you know, family is a kind of very like an up and down sort yeah. of situation. And so. usually when you say family job, it's... <laughs> Because there's problems with the <laughs> Not because, you know, it's the best lovey-dovey family it's ever. It's the perfect family, like. It's the perfect family. Um, so, yes, our movies are all about troublesome families and their their, their problems and commotions. Um, on my list, and this is not in order yet, <laughs> but I picked um, a Japanese movie called... Her Love Boils Bathwater, which was released in 2016. Um, pretty much this movie is about a mother who is diagnosed with cancer and she tries to get her family kind of back together. She has like an estranged husband and she's not really on good terms with her daughter. So she tries to like create this close knit mm. before she goes die die. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Dang. Um, secondly is... Umimachi Diary or Our Little Sister came out in 2015 directed by Hirokazu Koreeda the one and only and the many no 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 no. (laughs) we're gonna stop right (laughs) he is the one guy you go to for a family drama and as tempted as I am to just run through all of his movies (laughs) we will save it for another time Uh, but I couldn't help myself uh, so for those who haven't seen it, it's about three sisters who pretty much, uh, grew up together and lived together, um, in like this, uh, town in Japan. It's kind of like the countryside, I believe. Um, and basically their father, like a strange father, uh, passes away. Yeah. They haven't spoke to him in like 15 years or something like that. So when they do go to his funeral, they find out that, um, they have a half sister, a four year old half sister. This reminds me of, um... Usagi drop a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, but more, but like siblings instead of like a yeah. father daughter. So like, yeah, like the estranged sister deal. And then um, like in the spur of the moment, the half sister decides to. So put Japanese people and half, half, half like, sisters yeah. and like people coming out of nowhere. Like yep. they're in my family all of a sudden. I'm telling you, like when we were going through this list, I was like, there's so many Japanese family drama movies like in abundance compared to any other country that's true um but like yeah because i mean like like the family system in japan and kind of for asians as well but like specific japan is a very tight thing maybe it's a very solid concept you know yeah all 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 asian families i think usually have a very strong nuclear family Mm -hmm. and like it has such an emphasis in just like everybody's lives as well you know and so like when like sort of like something that deviates from that like nuclear as you said it's kind of like a dramatic deal in mm-hmm. a way yeah um so it makes for good movies in those contexts 
So yeah, so that's just about sort of the drama of this half sister lives with the three sisters. Mm. And then my last pick is A Son, came out in 2019, and it is a Taiwanese movie. Uh, which I haven't seen this one. It's about this family dealing with their, one of the sons is incarcerated. So kind of like, I guess, like more of like the aftermath of him being incarcerated and then problems ensue, I presume. Cool. So, yes. So you've picked a lot of uh, recent ones again, huh? Yeah, these are are more recent. These are more recent. I think I wanted to go with a little bit more recent for this. Mine's uh, more old school. (laughs) Dated. Yeah. Lee's here is very old, if you didn't know him. Very, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? What's relevant to him is what I'm came out. I'm a kid inside. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a child at heart. I'm a child. I'm uh, still coming of age, bro. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> These uh, movies are for me. <laughs> <laughs> coming of age series, yeah. all about Lee's life. <laughs> It's me and co- reincarnated <laughs> in all these films. Hey, that was my childhood. <laughs> I remember that sob, summer. Sob, sob, sob. Wow. Um, yeah. As far as access goes, I know a son is on Netflix right now, uh, so that'll be on there when we get to it. And then the other two are on your own, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Uematsu Diary is on Amazon nice. uh, Prime. I don't remember if it's included or if you have to buy it but i know it's on there for sure cool your pick your turn so my pick is uh tokyo sonata what's that and that's well it's about um a family and the father i think loses his job and i think it's like what happens after the aftermath of that um the second one is a miracle in cell number seven Mm. it's a korean movie um it's about a um, mentally challenged father who has a daughter and, and the father gets accused of something mm. and then he goes to you know he's awaiting um, judgment and it's the story of how you know the daughter and the father and the relationship there and how he copes with it she copes with it and how you know the things that ensue <laughs> judgment that is a tearjerker <laughs> you can cry ju- all day <laughs> all minds are tearjerkers <laughs> Yes. And my last one is A Time to Live and A Time to Die. Um, that one's pretty old. That's 1985. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a story about a family that I think moves from China to Taiwan, I think. Mainland, mainland China to Taiwan. And then I think it's a story of um, the kid and the mother and the grandmother and, and the mm. relationship between gotcha. them. That one looks interesting. Yes. Miracle number seven looks like crap. And <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, again, maybe we could go in um, your order again, maybe. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, chronological. Yeah. You want to do like top to bottom or bottom to top? That's up to you. Damn you, Henry. I, mean, I, I said, I suggested, now <laughs> you can pick the next one. Now, now I execute. Yeah. Uh, we can go from oldest to new again. Um, so yeah, so the list will be A Time to Love and A Time to Die, 1985, and then Tokyo Sonata, 08, Miracle Cell, number 7, 13, 2013, and then Umachi Diary, or Our Little Sister, in 2015, Her Love Boils Bathwater, 2016, and then we'll wrap up with A Sun, 2019. Very nice. We'll wrap up with the most depressing looking film on the list. <laughs> yeah, that one looked kind of. Uh, <laughs> that one looked like a heart heart kicker right there. Yeah. And it's long, boy, oh boy. And it's like two hours and thirty minutes. Two hour forty. Oh. Thirty nine. It's gonna be a long one. <laughs> Saddle up, boys and girls. <laughs> this one will be fun. We'll see. Um, maybe even just different dynamics. Yeah. Within different cultures i was gonna think that too just like what the family looks like in different cultures and how we're similar and different and how they deal with the problems and sort of expectations and just maybe even just what kind of problems that families have in different cultures maybe or how they um show it how they reveal their emotions and stuff like that or if they reveal their emotions yeah (laughs) yeah it should be it's a very this will be this is very interesting um genre very interesting theme to go with specifically for asian movies mm. as well yeah especially since you know asian 
families are a very big deal. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, us Americans are heartless. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're more independent yeah. in America. You know, you that you know image of independence and kind of like, oh, I, let me do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of exists a lot more, but in Asian cultures, I think you know filial piety and kind of respecting your elders and kind of being you know understanding your elders and kind of taking care of taking care of them and all that comes into place so it's very family oriented mm-hmm. and then when you have in conflict with that should be pretty yeah, interesting you start having stepsisters and like <laughs> people that They're come like, out of nowhere this is taboo like, what is happening oh no Usagi <laughs> drop all, all over again <laughs> No one wants to take care of this little brat. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, so we will catch up again next week with A Time to Love and A Time to Die. Looking forward to it. Catch you later. Deuces. Bye.